actually gone spread around the world. I've been hearing it in different churches and the message right now seems to be a real blessing to the bride. Let's let him spread our wings tonight.
so I'll set my ways to the wings of grace. As we bow our heads tonight, who would desire to do that with your hand lifted up and say, Lord Jesus, you know how to answer my prayer, how to meet our needs, Jesus. Lord, we're not telling you to do anything tonight. We're not instructing you in any matter. What we desire is for your presence to come inside of this room. Speak to our souls. Speak to our lives. We believe, Lord, we're at the closing moments of time. We're hearing the last words from your heart before the change. Lord, let us be listening. Let the bride be awakened. Let the word stir us, Lord, in a way that greater than we ever have before. I pray, Jesus, you'd waken all of us to another level. Even as the musicians and the laborers behind the scenes met this week, Lord, seeking a greater consecration, seeking a greater instruction, Lord, of what they can do, what we can do together for the congregation. Would you bless these efforts, Lord? Bless our church, Jesus. Bless our families. Lord, get us ready for the rapture, Jesus. Don't let one person come into these doors, especially over the years, and hear what we hear. And then to hear you say to them, I never knew you. Lord, where were they in the meetings? Did the word strike them? Have we gone far enough, Jesus? Tonight we're hearing your words again tonight. Come a little closer. Come a little further. We heard the word this morning. Our hearts were stirred, Jesus. When we knelt down with you today, you know our hearts. I was so ashamed, Lord, of our own lives. We look at our little expressions, Lord. We want to run under some rug somewhere. Jesus, I pray from these moments on that our whole church, God, would be electrified. That we would recognize Jesus walking up and down, writing these songs, speaking words to us. You're in the sister next to us, the brother next to us. Lord, if you save their souls, then we ought to value them, Lord. We do value one another, Jesus. We value you tonight in your presence. Bless the baptism service, our sister Cora Lamb that's going to be baptized. Some of her family's here tonight. We just pray tonight that you would fill her with the Holy Ghost. Another trophy of your lingering and of your patience in this generation. So we wait upon you further. Maybe there's another little girl, another little boy, some dad, or mother, some single person you're going to connect with tonight. Lord, we lay aside tiredness, weariness, sickness, and let the King of glory talk to us for a few minutes. Bless the choir, Lord, and the musicians, all that labor among us, deacons, trustees, Sunday school teachers. Lord, we are so blessed to have our families in this environment. Lord Jesus, come and speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, musicians. And everyone, thank you, choir. Mark chapter 11. We'll turn right to the scripture tonight. Excuse me for keeping you standing. 
Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 15. There is a baptism at the end of the service, so we just want to make time for that and give God glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Give God praises. Well, when Brother Tom was done speaking this morning, I I felt like he should have just took a text and preached. Did anybody else feel that way? I mean, it was seemed to go by so quick. Amen. And, but we love the word. And, and uh, I know that sometimes we can't travel to other countries and uh, be under that type of atmosphere always. But some of that can be brought back to us and we can be challenged by it. Was you challenged? I know I was. I sat there and I wept and I, I, I feel like... Sometimes uh, we'll get into some of our slides in a little bit, but I, I feel like, you know, we we're just feel so small. And there's been great men and great women have served the Lord at greater capacities. But I want to serve the Lord at what he's called you and I to. Amen. We, we want to be healing it, hitting at all the cylinders that God's put inside of us. Amen. Mark chapter 11. But I put on the screen, I think, brothers, you have that for us, uh, brother... Aaron, in Isaiah 56, verse 7, the Bible says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. Amen. This is the scripture that Jesus is going to refer to when he said, Um, is it not written, he's referring back to Isaiah, that his house should be called a house of prayer. So Mark chapter 11, verse 15, and they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? I thought it was interesting. He didn't say it It would be called the house of fellowship or the house of preaching or the house of talking. Isn't it interesting? He would, he would say, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Is that interesting? Let's just skip down to verse 22. Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, notice these verses, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So it's not just a thought in your mind. It's, it's vocalizing shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Isn't that good? So that spoken word now is in the bride's lips. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Is this the words of Jesus? So when the Bible says, when you pray, so what if we're not praying? 
What if we're not sane? And we're going to get into both of those sides. Brother Branham did say our thoughts are heard louder in heaven than our words are on earth. So it's not always with our hands like this and bowing down. God hears our prayers. But there is a part of the word that is to speak out your prayers. And in verse 24, when, when, when he said, What things soever ye desire when ye pray. Satan wants to stop your prayers. Makes you so busy. Get caught up and distracted. I believe this is a time to let that be restored back into our lives. When ye pray, I'm going to answer your prayers. I want to hear your voice. I want to answer your prayers. And when ye stand praying, forgive. And if ye have aught against any, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So forgiveness is connected to prayer, but prayer is connected to our faith. And I wonder sometimes if we don't pray for things because we don't have faith. But faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. We're right back to the word every day and speaking to God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats as we just follow his spirit tonight. I want to begin by saying that. I don't claim to be a master of prayer myself. I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not here speaking this tonight as a subject. It's something the Lord laid on our hearts to speak. And I believe that these messages are given to us to encourage prayer in our lives. I believe they strengthen the individuals. I believe messages like we've been hearing since camp are ones to follow moves of God and revivals. They strengthen the individuals. They strengthen our families and our church. They edify and they build up our church to pray, seek the Lord. Amen. I I believe these things, even the testimony that we heard this morning. I'm not speaking for yourself. I speak for myself. I think I speak for many though. They do impact us. They give testimony of our faith to the world. That we believe in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I believe that needs to be declared tonight. Not just from the ministry. But from all of us. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say that? I I believe Lord. And I believe sometimes we need to never forget that it's an individual walk. That if my husband leaves me. I'm going to serve the Lord. If my wife leaves me. I'm going to serve the Lord. If my friends leave me, I'm going to serve the Lord. If I lose my job, things go south in a certain relationship, I'm going to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Whether I have my whole family around me or if I stand alone, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve God. He's going to be with me in the fire. He's going to be with me in the flood. Let this house be called a house of prayer. Not a house of socializing. 
If no one agrees with it, I believe your word, Lord. I need to draw closer to you. Has nothing to do with everyone else. It has something to do. Maybe we, tonight we just need to sell some more hot dogs. We, we can buy Starbucks or we can buy this. And somebody's just wanting to sell. And I know this morning service wasn't even streamed and it won't be archived. So somebody's probably saying, what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about a brother in China that sold hot dogs on a street so he could get some message books and travel to spread the message. I say for us tonight, maybe we could do something like that. Hallelujah. Testimonies from China about the lady with the healing and her lungs. Maybe somebody streaming tonight disappointed they didn't get this morning. Here you're going to have it. She had an x-ray and her lungs were full. And there was prayer, she believed, for many years, as Brother Glenn declared. And the x-ray showed that it was totally clear. What was black was totally clear. God healed her. She believed. And, and, and don't let it just be something coming back from China. That same faith is in this room right now. There's believers in this room. He's my healer. Hallelujah. If we could just pray. Sometimes when you speak about prayer, it's almost like there's a thud. It's almost like, oh no, here we go again. I'm not a legalist. I I don't believe in trying to cram this down. I don't believe in trying to force people to serve God or draw closer to Jesus. I believe it ought to be a love. There there ought to be something strike my heart. And I wanted it to strike at a deeper level than just hearing sermons and going through some scriptures or hearing some quotes. Don't, don't you want it to come to a place that it moves your heart, moves my life? Here's a quote that we shared last time. It'll be the only one that we repeat. You see, when you go to praying for somebody, something goes to taking place. There's where we fail, friends, not praying. Prayer is the keynote. Ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. Ask abundance that your joys may be full. Ask and believe that you receive what you ask for. Then hold on to it and don't leave it. I pray these messages would inspire some to pray more. That's what's in my heart. This is an encouragement to pray. That's what these things are as we turn now and put it on the screen for you. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Jesus uh, in the Bible he was speaking about these things and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased one of his disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray. They were interested. They saw him praying. Teach us how to pray. So it's very familiar. Maybe you could look at this together with us. The Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. Our Father, which art in heaven. He's a great Father. You have a great Father tonight. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. He's my Father. He wants to do good things for me. He wants to do good things for you. Hallowed or blessed be thy name. 
This is a, him teaching us how to pray. It's before we get to our needs, before we talk about our problems, give praise to God. Blessed be your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. We bless you tonight, Lord. This is a lesson he said in, in prayer, teaching us, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debt as, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And the bride said, Amen. as it's been asked before, that didn't take an hour. That didn't take two hours. Lord, teach us how to pray. God wants to hear our voice. I was looking at it to just to confirm yesterday, but some of you are aware that Brother Branham said your thoughts are heard louder in heaven than your words are on earth. Your thoughts. What you're going through in your heart. Say, I can't express it in words. So Lord, listen to my heart. Then your thoughts and what you're going through are heard louder in heaven than our words are on earth. God hears. He hears. She knows. Praise his holy name. On Friday morning here at BCA, Brother Kim Dingwall and the students from China gave their testimonies. Each one of them spoke. And they sang this morning for us. We appreciated that. How many appreciated that? Brother Kim Dingwall will be leaving tomorrow for India. And uh, be joining Brother Tim Dodd and taking care of some king's business. Uh, business of the king. We must be about our father's business. So we pray the Lord will bless them. And bless Brother Kim Dingwall and also the students that you prayed for. On Sunday morning of winter camp. That the Lord answered your prayers. God answers prayers. I think we ought to rejoice over the little things. We, we ought to learn like to be like a little child and get excited when our father answers our prayers. Also on Friday, some of you are aware that Brother Billy Graham had passed away, 99 years old. This was at the very same hour of the BCA devotion. So I came back and, and was just catching some of this. Some of these photos are from my cell phone, actually, that I was taking watching the end of the service. And brother, uh, you can see in these photos, uh, brother Billy Graham is being taken in his casket and President um, uh, Trump and his wife and the vice president. Many, I think there was 2,000 people there. One thing that brother Branham said about uh, Billy Graham was that he was a noted evangelist, a great work of God. The man is sent from God. In another place, and th these are all 1965, there were three messengers went forth come down from heaven and there was a denominational group down in Sodom and a Billy Graham and an Orr Roberts went down there and remember as I've told you nowhere in the history of the church has there ever been a messenger sent universal to the church until now with his name ending like Abraham H-A-M G-R-A-H-A-M six letters to the world 
man's number. But Abraham had seven letters in the name, God's complete and perfect number. Billy Graham was a messenger to the denominations. Brother Branham called him a great man of God. In 1960, Invisible Union, look at the condition lot that Sodom was in. In that day, look the condition in the church of the day. Look what happened to Abraham. He's, sh- he's trying to get our attention. One on the, uh, the Sodom group and then the Abraham group. The Abraham group was the elected group. I believe that's the bride group. Amen. Look at Billy Graham and Or Roberts, them down there amongst those denominations. But look at the elected Abraham church pulled out. In works of faith expressed. Now you take Luke 17, 30 and read it. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Just like it was at Sodom. Now look at the position of the world today. Sodomites. Look at that Billy Graham and Or Roberts, them two witnesses down there witnessing to the denominational churches. And I took this photo because there's Franklin Graham, his son, that is carrying on the work of his father. But it's also, there's an anointing on the denominations. They can only go so far. That's why there's dignitaries and presidents and vice presidents. He was an evangelist to the world. But the bride group heard a message from Melchizedek through the voice of William Branham and we are the seed of that message. You say, will these people be saved? Absolutely. They believe their message for their day. They will be saved. There's been some questions about that and I believe there's answers. Here is the, as the last song that was sung, singing to God be the glory. And now you have even the world has to testify. And the people of the world standing to their feet to God be the glory. But in God's power to transform, Brother Branham said, Billy Graham, the noble evangelist, have you been listening to him? I pray for him now more than ever. This is after the seals. When he talked to those turned around callers and so forth the other night, laying it into the clergy. Something has happened to him. One of these days, I hope he sees his position where he's at. Notice now is calling from Sodom, that perverted city. And if you look all through the message, Brother Branham talked a lot about Billy Graham. Almost always, he was linking that back to Sodom, Gomorrah. But Melchizedek never went down there. He stayed with Abraham. He was given a message to change their bodies. That there's a coming of promised son. The last quote on this is this day the scripture is fulfilled. Look at the date. It's just right about this time in 1965. Is there a man on earth has got repentance so preached so plainly as Billy Graham? Has there been a man that has had an effect upon the people like Billy Graham? Never has there been internationally a man, Billy Graham, is known worldwide. But see where he's calling out of Sodom. But the bride has been called further than just out of Sodom. We've been called to glory. And that's when you look in the Bible, you can read all of this in the Bible, that Abraham, when he saw the smoke from Sodom and Gomorrah coming up, he wasn't in Sodom. 
He wasn't running out of Sodom. He was in a relationship hearing the words of Melchizedek. And friends, that's where we've got to be tonight. Hallelujah. So now let's get back to the message of prayer. Tonight we are continuing on with restoring prayer in the family. He went on to speak this in Georgia. Prayer changing from death to life. It'll do it for every sinner here tonight from death to life. It'll do it for every sick person tonight from sickness to health. Prayer changes things. So always bear that in mind. Pray without ceasing. Now he's talking about meetings and so forth here. If you want to be an indebtedment to the meeting, just don't pray. Just don't pray. If you want to be the greatest help this meeting can have, it's not financially. Here's the greatest help you can be in this meeting. Set aside an hour or two every day that you pray for the meeting. Go out and visit someone. If the Lord puts on your heart and bring them into the meeting. He's talking about meetings, preaching services or revivals. That if you want to be an indebtedment to it, then just don't pray. But if you want to be the greatest help, it's not financially, but it's pray. How many of us have been guilty of not praying for the services? Not praying for a certain situation. And we wonder why things go a certain direction. We're not burdened. We're, well, however it's going to be is how is it going to be. No, God puts a burden on your heart to pray. I believe that's why these meetings are happening this way and the call to prayer and these booklets and these desires that, that God is putting upon your hearts. He puts that burden there and Satan is fighting you, putting shame on your life that you, you can't pray. Brother Rickhart Van Inter spoke this Friday night to the young people that after you have meetings and then you go in a certain direction and you just become ashamed... And you don't want to talk about it. And you don't want to come around believers. Well, it's getting really quiet. <laughs> but that's why Jesus died on the cross. Was to take away our shame. Yeah. Friends, stop being uh, uh, losing, losing ground. Because you're falling. Satan's lies. Come out into prayer. Go out and visit someone if the Lord puts on your heart and bring them into the meeting. Then pray that God will save them when, when they're in there if they're not saved. Heal them if they're not. And if they're sick and in need of healing, that's the greatest contribution that you can give to any meeting is to pray and seek God to help in this time of trouble. Let me just say some things about prayer just for a moment. I know it's Sunday night and many are weary. But this is a need for the hour. God hears every prayer. I wonder if we can all just say that. God hears every prayer. Do we really believe that? I mean, confession's good for the soul. Not the mind, the soul. God hears every prayer. But many times he may not answer how we want or when we want or where we want. 
or why we want. But God answers prayers. We believe that. But he may not answer how we want. That means God can do whatever he wants to do. You know, friends, whether you're an infant Christian or whether you're an elder, these things are true. This has got to come to the heartbeat of every daily life. God can do whatever he wants to do. That, that's why we're not here to tell God what to do. He can do whatever he wants to do. Even in our lives, friends, if we could just come to a rest that God may not answer how we want, he can do whatever he desires. And he may not answer when we want. That means he can answer whenever he desires. He, he can answer immediately or he can wait a long time. I've given that to God. God give us patience tonight. I would. He may not answer where, where we want. That means he may be silent sometimes. In our time of prayer, he might just be silent so he might not answer you right at the moment you're praying where we want. Or he might come across really loud sometimes. Usually it's because of our stubbornness and our hard-headedness. And we think we got it all together and we know so much and we're so strong. And God has to knock that out of us. God answers prayer. In conclusion on this. He might, he might not answer why we want. Many times we think our prayer is so urgent and we think it's 911 and it's a time of trouble, Brother John, and I'm in a time of problem, but God might not answer you at that level. He wants to wait till you're settled down. And a lot of times we come to God, uh, we, we say this in shame when it is 911, when we are in trouble. When we are in a calamity, when we are very urgent, 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 I need an answer. When really we should have worked on our relationship with the Lord and been on speaking terms with Him. And learned that God is not just like a lot of fathers that just put a pacifier in or give you, give you some sugar. When you call out to Him, He knows what we have need of. Can I say that again? God answers every prayer, but he may not answer why we want to right at that urgent 911. I say, I'm in a time of trouble when we should have been building on that relationship a long time before that. I could get a little bit deeper right here. Could, could I be free to express my thoughts? I really wonder sometimes are people really connected to the Lord Jesus? They claim to know so much about him. They loudly proclaim and stand for the message. But where is their personal connection with the Lord? It's like they ride off of a lot of people around them that might even be strong Christians. Other people might have a prayer channel to the Lord. But it's like people lean on that. But the question really is, where is your connection? What about your prayer life? I'm being real serious tonight because when we deal a lot with, with people, we can talk a lot about their school and their job or talk about, you know, hunting or their car and it seems like they can be so animated, but you talk about their spiritual life and it just gets real quiet. I think that's why the Lord 
ought to be able to dig up around our trees on Sunday night sometimes. And really, friends, really, our prayer lives, our connection with God. Then I begin to really search and put these questions down. Do we pray the way the Lord desires us to pray? So I'm not striking at something in legalism because all of us probably would feel convicted that I need to pray more. But the question is, do we pray the way the Lord is desiring us to pray? Is the Lord asking us to approach him more often because he desires to do more for us? Is God laying this on your heart and giving you these desires to approach him more often because he desires to do more for us? We could talk to the individual. We could talk to families. We could talk to our church. Does God want to do more for us? If he answers every prayer, and he does, would, would he be free to do more in our lives if we would pray more? So he answers every prayer. And he wants to do more for us. But there's a channel called prayer. And I wonder, would he be free to do more in our lives if we could pray more? It, it just, friends, it just drives us. It wants to drive us to our knees. It drives us to a place of humility and brokenness. People claim to be strong today, but really, they're weak. They announce their stand for certain parts or aspects of being a Christian and, and maybe even proud about that. But they're very shallow. And I believe as believers, it's important for us to look at our lives and be able to say, that is not right. That's not the way to treat our lovely Lord Jesus. In fact, as I spoke to one person, sometimes you just kind of come to a certain level, but you have to kind of seal it. And I said, that kind of an experience will not make it in a rapture. And I just say, God, help us all. Help all of us, Lord Jesus, as we look at these things. I'm going again to the back of your uh, booklet that some of you have been reading. It's the last page or next to last page. Now he gave us the strongest weapon that there is in all the world and that's prayer. Prayer is what changes things. The Christian doesn't realize what a force he has when he kneels on his knees before Almighty God in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, give us a revelation. Of the strongest weapon. Here it is in another place. Now he gave us the strongest weapon that there is in all the world. And that's prayer. Amen. Prayer is what changes things. And the only way I know to do it is prayer. That goes back to our opening scripture in Isaiah. That my house shall be called a house of prayer. Not a house of fellowship. Or a house of talking. And a house of just getting together with my friends. Think about it, friends. We talk before, we talk after, but how many of us talk to Jesus? This is the house of prayer. Even when we hear the word, you're growing in the Lord. You can be confessing right there in your seat. You don't need to come to the altar always. You can say, God, help me there, Jesus. 
God, don't just prick my heart and me walk out the same. Then I come in, you prick my heart, I go out the same. I come in, I go out, I come in, I go out, I make great declarations. I stand for certain aspects of being a Christian. But where are we really at? Are we ready to go? Friends, there's sometimes we need to lay aside a lot of our feelings with one another and really ask one another that question. Are we ready to go? Isn't that what matters? I mean, if we've missed the rapture, we've missed everything. God help us, the strongest weapon we have in our hands. Father, it is the greatest privilege that a mortal ever had was to close his eyes and open his heart and speak to you. And we know that you hear. Friends, when we hear these testimonies from China, that ought to give every person a witness that God answers prayer. It's not just English. It's Chinese. It's French. It's Spanish. It's Russian. It's whatever language of the heart. Whatever language you speak out of your mouth, that's man, vocabulary. We can learn that in school. But God knows the language of our hearts. Here it is. We know that you hear. God, I believe that you're listening to me. And if we could just believe that you hear. For Jesus said, if you ask the Father anything, can we say anything? Anything. In my name, it'll be granted. That was on conditions if we wouldn't doubt it. That's 1965. I love the word, he said. Oh, I just wished I could express it. This is Brother Branham speaking. You know where I preach my best sermons? In my prayer room, at home, or somewhere in the bed. I lay at nighttime and get anointed with the Holy Spirit. I preach half a night to myself. And we wonder sometimes, if this is the house of prayer, and people are not approaching it right, their attitude, their spirit, or do they even pray? What's it like at home? Do they have a private place? Or are we just talking a foreign language and we're going to get out of here in a few minutes and have a baptism, then I can go. No, it's like, Lord, I want to find that place, Jesus. You find a place. I encourage you to find a place. When I was just a little boy and my father and mother are here and we were raised in some apartments and, and there was just a little field and then it went up a little bit and there were some weeds and things. Just as a little boy, it could have been, yes, before I was baptized, I, I knew there was just a little place. I could go away from the apartments and go up into this little place. I still remember it, Brother Nathan. It was like a little place down and I could get down in the weeds and no one would know you were there. That was my private place. We need a place, friends. Now that place is full of shopping centers and houses, and and it's gone on, but I've gone on. There's another place now. We've all got to have our place. Don't you love the word tonight? It's an encouragement. He said, you know, sometimes when we are praying for others, we are the one that gets the help many times. 
when you're praying for others. Say, but my life's a mess. I don't even know where to start. Start praying for somebody else. Or you say, that's a hypocrite. No, you start praying. Pray. Oh, it reminds me of Job and his friends. When he began to pray for his friends, God answers his prayer. It's not always me, my problems, my family, my situation. That's Laodicea. Lord, shake us out of that, Lord. Restore prayer back into the family, Lord. I want this, Lord. I need this. We need this. It's prayer being put back into our lives. When you pray for others, you are the one that gets help. You say, I need help. Start praying for somebody else. Hallelujah. I'm serious tonight. The word is serious. Start praying for someone else. There's always somebody else worse off in the church. I get up real, real early, he said, Brother Gary, and go to prayer before things stir and just keep on praying through the day. Oh, that was a prophet right in the seals time. 1963, he was giving us a word as the disciples did in Luke. Teach us how to pray. So Jesus and Matthew laid it right out there. Don't come barging in with your needs and I've got a problem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallowed be thy name. I give you glory, Lord. Does anybody here love the Lord like that? And you start talking about his greatness and your problems just begin to go down. Your attitude, everything de-escalates. Why? Because it's the Holy Ghost. God wants to meet you tonight. He wants to meet you when you go home. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, let Jesus be the first thing in your heart. I was thinking, Brother Michael, I was thinking as I was watching Billy Graham's service and all the thousands of people and it was being streamed live. And then Saturday, yesterday, I went back and you're able to watch it all again. I was thinking, incredible, a man that influenced people and the speakers at his service was from Korea and and different places. His wife, as Brother Tom said, was from China and all these dignitaries and the president and vice president. I thought of all these thousands and his own family. Each one of the children spoke and, and their accolades for their father. And they were good things. I looked at my own life. I We just feel like a worm, like a small person. And it was like the Holy Spirit. Well, he took until today because I was thinking the same thing after this morning. But he came into the room and he said, but that ministry was to Sodom. Friends, and we have the privilege of ministering to the bride of Christ. Those are great people. I'll never be on their level. But God has brought us into the company of the queen. You have been given the privilege of ministering to the queen. Hallelujah. Oh, that makes us all want to get out of the way. Doesn't it all want to make us get out of the way? And if we can just get out of the way long enough and let Jesus come in. Hallelujah. I had that in my notes. Could we all get out of the way more? And if we all did... What more and greater things could God do for us in the body? David said a lot of things about prayer. And we only have a little time to read some of them tonight. But Psalms 5.2, hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee 
will I pray. Psalms 32, 6, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. In a time when thou mayest be found. Call upon the Lord while he's near. Not while the truck's flipped over and the gasoline's coming down. Oh God, oh God, call on him while he's near. Oh Jesus, help our meetings not to be so superficial and so religious that we can't have people's needs met right in our church. Brother Tom talked about it. People being troubled, people being torn, people being hurt. Words being said, gossips going on, all kinds of accusations and Satan buffeting. God, help us raise up out of that and let our voices be loud and clear in a time when thou mayest be found. He said it in Psalms 55, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and, be, and he shall hear my voice. Don't you like to get alone with the Lord? My, my, just be alone. There's sometimes we used to sing a little song, Sister Joanna. I don't know this song. Maybe you do. There's sometimes I like to be all alone with Christ, my Lord. Anybody know that song? It was a good song. Did you ever hear it? I can tell him all my troubles all alone. And that's the way he wants to get you. Alone to himself. That's when the cell phone needs to be turned off. That's when the buzzer, that's when the ring needs to be turned off. I was so ashamed yesterday. I was trying to pray and my, and my computer went bling and I would got an email. I thought, Lord, I've, I failed to turn that off. Forgive me, Jesus. I didn't go look at the email. I just said, forgive me, Lord. Usually I do that. But when does the voice of God become greater to us than any other voice? Now is the time. I I believe the Lord lays these things on the heart of true ministers. Because he wants to answer our prayers in our individual lives. In our families. Some of your families are going through difficult times. And I want to go back to our opening statement. I just feel to complete that. If you're a young person in our church, a young lady or a young man, and your parents have chosen not to live a consecrated life, you live consecrated. You live dedicated. You're a young man or a young lady or middle-aged, and your father or your mother is not serving the Lord in the light of this word. You stand for truth. Living right in your house. Don't you cower down and get it watered down. You be the one that stands for Christ. Does this church believe in that? You say, Brother John, you're going to create a rebellion. No, I, I, I believe just the opposite. You get somebody burdened and on fire for God. 
really sincerely being moved under the Holy Ghost, it'll spread like wildfire. And sometimes we always think it has to be top down. Some of our pyramids, pyramids need to be turned over and we need to start allowing the young people to challenge us, shock us, surprise us. I mean that good. Run past us. That was for free. That's the way he wants to get you alone to himself. Your prayers. I know some of you have already finished it. But let me read it for us slower ones. Your prayers. Not so much as when you're. Oh maybe coming you know for instance. Well out in the public when you're praying like in church or around the altar. Get alone. You'll pray a different prayer when you're by yourself than you do when you're in the public. Some don't even pray in public though. And they don't pray in private. So this doesn't even apply. (laughs) But he does say you'll pray a different prayer when you're by yourself than you do when you're in the public. Slip alone, all of you. Go out and just have a real secret meeting place where you and the Lord meet several times a day and pray. This next one we're familiar with. I know you are already. This is Charlottesville, North Carolina, right where Billy Graham was from. We're just looking forward for a great time in the Lord. And with your prayers, I'm sure that we'll do the best we can for the glory of God. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes death to life. Prayer changes sickness to health. Changes sinners to saints. It's prayer. You may laugh too much. Here we go. You may shout too much. You may eat too much. But you'll never pray too much. The Bible said I would that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands. So you'll never be able to pray too much. I'm very aware we can preach too much. We can sing too much. But we can never pray too much. We can eat too much. We can drink too much coffee. We can drink too much water. You gotta run to the bathroom, you know. It's true. You can laugh too much. You can just hee-haw around and tell jokes all evening and say, we had a great time, but you can never pray too much. Brothers, can we jump ahead to slide 22? Here it is for the families before we go to the baptism. God, I pray that you'll mend up the broken homes. In the name of Jesus. Let it be. And make the ones that's in homes, that's indifferent, fathers and mothers who doesn't pray, give them an experience tonight that they'll start a family altar at their home. Say, why is he praying this? Just get on with the service. You know, healing lines or prayer, you know, altar calls. He, he is speaking to the people and he's praying. I think it's a good prayer tonight. Mend up broken homes. Homes that have been broken. Make the ones that's in homes 
Some of you got wonderful homes, but you become indifferent. That means, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. We heard that during a winter camp. Whatever. No, it's not whatever. That's a bad attitude. It's God answers prayer. Fathers and mothers who doesn't pray, give them an experience tonight. And I pray that too. Don't let us just be having services and it's just a time code on the, on the website and just another Sunday night service. Lord, don't let us be that way. Shake us. Even after this morning will not be archived. God, let that service so impact our lives. You say, I went back and watched that five times. You don't get to. But there ought to be meetings that shake us. That say, Lord, if a brother in China can be selling hot dogs and have a burden for the lost, what am I doing, Lord? Fourteen people baptized, Brother Tom, and someone brought someone else or invited so-and-so, and then they're in charge of some other churches, and now they're interested in the message? Where did it start? A brother that's trying to sell a hot dog to pass out a book. God, help us not to get indifferent. What about you that's never been, that's never had a prayer in your home? You just go home from church and try to live the best you can. Never bring the family together and pray. That's why we've got juvenile delinquency and the things we got. There's a prophet saying this. That's why the American homes are broke up. Won't you come and start anew tonight? Will you do it? And you know what the heart and heart says? No, I'm not going to do it. But the bride needs to do it. Even President Trump got in trouble for, for putting some of what happened down in Florida. The young man, 19 years old, goes in and shoots up however many people. And that young man had been 15 hours a day gaming violence and war and President Trump says something about it in one of their meetings and of course the media is right on that negative negative do you know why because almost 50 percent of males in America are on gamers and that's a whole nother service but that was out this week 49 percent of adult males game and 10 percent call themselves gamers that means over 50% of American men are into gaming. War, shoot him up, kill him. And this young man, 15 hours a day, he was on the computer. His mother had passed away in November. I feel sorry for the young man. It's Satan. It's Satan coming in. And of course, everybody wants to pray. And God bless America. And, and the flag half-mast. No, prayer should have begun a long time ago. It's juvenile delinquency in the message. When people fail to pray, then Lord, restore the prayer altar back, Lord Jesus. I know everybody wants to leave it out there, and when we come bring it into here, everybody gets quiet, but it ought not to be that way. Here it is. I, I selected these ones for the family. You take a family of people that will start going to church, and God will heal the little family. He'll bless them and give them the Holy Spirit in their lives. The little children will pray around the table. They'll pray before they go to bed. I have something to say about this in the baptismal tank. Little children will pray around the table. And they'll pray before they go to bed. A mother and father will join hands and pray. 
And as long as they continue like that, they'll stay a family. God help our families. They'll stay a family. If they pray, then Lord teach us how to pray. Then also we have a home life crisis. I'm going to read this quote and then, and then we'll soon to be go. We have a home life crisis. It seems like the home life is running out into shallow water. It used to be in a home that the father, the head of the house, would sit down of a morning. He would speak to his family and they would all take out the old family Bible and read just a little bit. And all gather around the table and have prayer. You don't see that no more. I know he's speaking in 1958, but I wonder if in our homes and in the message homes. How many of us read the Bible together? You know, quiet tonight. When really it's the Holy Spirit that we're wanting to please. It's not the preacher, the pastor, the, I need a star, Brother John. I did this 10 days in a row. Aren't you happy? It's the Lord Jesus. He's just bursting, wanting to come down and answer our prayers and give you the kind of job that would be the very match for his perfect will. Take you to this university that would be exactly what he wants you. Or maybe stay at home. Or this certain job, I'm leading you to that. Or this certain relationship, stay away from that. I wonder how many of us are just barged through life and we've made decisions because we're not praying. Lord Jesus, drive down a stake in my heart, God. A positive stake. Look at this, friends. Will we just take out the old family Bible, read a little bit and gather around the table and have prayer? You don't see that no more. When the day was done and Ma had the dishes washed, they'd all gather in and read some more of the Bible and pray before going to bed. Juvenile delinquency certainly was a hard thing to find in them days. I say, Lord, take us back to those days. Where are those days when families prayed together? Can we all be honest and say, it's very difficult to get the family together? Well, maybe no one's going to be that honest tonight, but it's very difficult to bring the family together. Especially in this generation when you've got teenagers and young people and you've got to text them and can we meet and can we gather at 7 o'clock? Can we, do you have time for this? But it's a real man or a lady. If you're a single parent, bring the family together. Be the one in your family that's the dynamo. Can we pray together for 10 minutes tonight? Can we read a scripture? This is our door of opportunity. Seize it. I take that burden, Lord. I take that as we close with these scriptures. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Yet the Lord, in Psalms 42, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. The God of my life. 
Some of us need to say, the God of my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And let all the other gods and idols and groves be torn away. And if you need 10 other brothers to help you, smash the thing. As our brother Tom said this morning, if there's idols in their lives, idols in our lives, smash the thing. And don't commit spiritual suicide and say, oh, my life is done, my life is over, and end it all. No, friends, there's more for you on the other side of this trial. On the other side of this trial, there's joy in the morning. Say, it's so dark, it's so dark. Begin to pray, begin to cry out. Let the light come down. There is the rising of the sun. Get under the anointing of the word. Friends, if David could pray like this, hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. That means he was speaking something. He was saying something. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I need you in this situation. I desperately need you, Lord. Hear my prayer, God. Our last scripture tonight. This was to the chief museum musician. I'm sorry. This was an um, uh, instruction or a mishkiel, a psalm of David. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. The chief musician, Asif, this is what it was. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself. This is song leader. This is David now. To the chief musician, this is incredible, a psalm of David. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself. From my supplication. Say, he's just a shepherd boy. He was a man after God's own heart. God, bring us to this place. Bring us to this place. As we close and bow our heads. Lord, bring us to this place. Restore prayer, Lord, into our families. Lord Jesus, don't let us just talk about prayer. And just see the need or have a desire for prayer. That's not good enough. It's, Lord, bring prayer into a reality in my life, Jesus. Prayer changes things. Lord, let that grip down into the hearts of all of us. Oh, God, I don't want to just hear sermons about it. I don't want to just talk about it. I I don't want to just feel convicted in my heart. Bring me into an atmosphere, Lord. Heavenly Father, as we come now to the close of this service, we pray for strength for every individual. We pray, God, for strength for our families, God, that you would mend families that have been broken. Brother Tom made the statement this morning, missed opportunities when we could have mended a relationship. Someone was going in a wrong direction. Why did we allow it to go that long and not speak to them about it? Have we become so busy, Lord, in our lives that even the people of our friends or in our church or our relatives or even neighbors, we don't even speak to or know what they're going through, God? Lord, give us a heart of compassion. Give us a heart of sympathy. Oh, Father, as we move together now as a body, if there's any of us that's been out of order or been out of line, would you forgive us, God? As the scripture says, may the ministers Weep and wail and mourn in the gates. And let the congregation be under the impact of this restoration message. I will restore, saith the Lord, all the years that the cankerworm, palmerworm, locust has desired to eat away at these things. 
May you restore them back, Father. May every heart that's here, every marriage that's here, every family that's here, those that are streaming this service or will stream this service, may the Holy Spirit, Lord, get down inside of us, Lord, and move us further. Take us beyond just being convicted. Take us down into a place, God, where our lives could be changed. Oh, Father, thank you, Jesus. Stir our hearts, oh God. Now as we stand back, Lord, and lift up our hands, may the glory of God come down into hearts, Lord Jesus. Hearts that are wounded, hearts that are weary, hearts that are troubled, nervous trouble, hearts that are, have heart trouble, hearts that are financially in trouble. Oh, Jesus, you know every person in this congregation Oh, Lord, let your voice of God ring out within their souls. You are with them. You are present, Jesus. You're here to give them peace. Give them deliverance. Let the wings of faith and the wings of prayer move greater within our hearts, we pray, Jesus. We consecrate ourselves now. Let's sing that song still, brother. With our heads bowed, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. As just in prayer, as our baptismals coming now, Sister Cora prepares. Let's sing this now in a prayer of dedication. Consecrate me now. Consecrate.